Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about roleplayers. I'm Jess Meadows. And I'm Colin Lamont. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share a favorite hobby. We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience that Mm -hmm. we're eager to share with you. Our topic today is dealing with stress in gaming. But before we get into it, Colin, you brought this topic up to me, and I did. I think you have a very good reason for doing so. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Oh yes, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Instead of just kind of vamping about what things we, what projects we are up to between recordings and podcasts and whatnot, this is actually the most consuming thing that I have going on for me right now. You may remember uh, that I have talked about a LARP, Gen Con LARP, that I ran last year. Uh, Well, we kept most of our players, and they recruited more players, and were set to be about possibly between 15 and 25 people more than last year. Oh, that's um, a bit more than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. It, it It's grown. It's grown. We were actually mentioned on another podcast. I got to be a guest on another podcast that had a, a lot of positive buzz on it. And Ooh. we've gotten some organizational interest, which is both gratifying and immensely stressful. But uh, this LARP is a Gen Con LARP. It takes place... Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of Gen Con. It's about a 15-hour event in all. Um, And I have been prepping for it all year. But as sometimes goes when you prep for something all year, a lot of things kind of slip your notice until the final countdown. So I'm about staring down the barrel of about two weeks until the con. And still a crazy, surprisingly crazy amount, even with all the prep that we've done to accomplish before then. So I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the pressure so immensely that I, earlier, like, writing characters, I passed out and had, like, three concurrent stress dreams and then woke up discombobulated not knowing what day it was. Now, that doesn't sound like a particularly good time, Colin. No, absolutely not. So I have to wonder, if you're here for the good time game having funs stuff ness funs run that by me again? The good time fun having funsness stuff <laughs> funs. Perfect, sure yes. That's basically how I said it the first time. Uh, so if you're just here for good fun, happy times... Why put up with all of the stress of planning something of this magnitude and going through all of the difficulties that that entails? So that's a very good question. Now, I took over this LARP for the gentleman that ran it beforehand, who honestly was feeling a bit burned out. Felt that the return on investment for the time that he put in was not necessarily worthy of the game itself. Now, honestly, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the life cycle of LARPs. Uh, especially at Gen Con. People get burned out. It takes a lot of time. Keep in mind that you are building an event that has to have narrative consequences, uh, inroads, and contingency plans for upwards of 50 players that are walking around, each one of them with their own character, their own story, and their own investment on the plot. You would be dealing with this with a pool of, well, our team is about seven storytellers, which means that we're kind of understaffed. Uh, 
Now, we were well-staffed for the numbers that we thought we were going to have, but now that things have kind of expanded, we might be deputizing some players along the way. So uh-huh. the question being is a fundamental one of how much toil, work, sorrow, and pain is endurable for an end result. And that answer is different for everyone, Jess, I feel like. Some people would take a look at what is required for running a LARP and say, no, God, no. Oh, God, I, I, I want nothing to do with this. This would be this would be horrendous. And others are like, well, I thoroughly enjoy that moment when on Saturday night, after the game is done, after it is finally over, you grab as many players that are still around as you can. You go ahead and walk your way to a hotel lobby. Another player orders all the pizza that they can. And you talk about the game. And you can really see on their faces, on the on these players' faces, how much this game kind of meant to them. Um, how, how much they enjoyed it. Now, keep, keep in mind... This is Gen Con, the best four days in gaming, as they purport. There are thousands upon thousands of events that you can be involved in at any given time. And the LARP is a 15-hour investment on the, like, the meatiest nights of Gen Con. Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, the nights of Gen Con. So... In order for your players to say, yes, I am happy to spend all of that time here in this LARP doing this game for this amount of time and then come back and do it again next year, what must that say about your abilities, about your power as a storyteller to weave a complex, narrative, interesting adventure that makes people feel great, that that brings them together and builds upon that community? Friendships that are formed and the groups that then happen in the year after, the the hangouts that are inspired by it, the more gaming that is inspired by it. It's it's a really nice feeling. And at the end of it last year, I said, yes, I will do it again this next year, even knowing how how stressful it is. And now that I'm in the midst of the stress, I'm like, why? Why did I ever think that this was a good idea? Why? Why? And then you just think back to that feeling from last year of like, oh, everybody had a good time and I got pizza. Yeah, see? Everybody had a good time and I got pizza. But like, it's so hard to remember how that felt when you're staring up through like the hell maw of stress. Like, I have... Of course it is. I have like 10 more characters I need to write and each one of those characters is a detailed story of multiple pages and good lord, I have a job. Yeah, the whole balance of life and work and this whole thing that you've been working on must add a little layer of the um, the difficulty. Because time management, I know, is not something that either of us have ever been particularly good at. It's true. I'm, I'm trying. And, you know, we both are. We're both nearing 30 pretty rapidly and i kind of figured for that time yeah 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 you're welcome but i always just figured like time management was one of those things that i was going to learn at some point and uh 
it turns out nobody can really teach you time management skills. You kind of have to figure that shit out on your own. Yeah. And I feel like being good at managing your time would help mitigate some of the stress. But aside from those preemptive, do you have this skill to not have the stress in the first place things, how do you deal with the stress of running a game or playing in a game or dealing with a game as it happens? Sure. And it's different. Okay, like, preparing for the LARP is its own beast of stress, but running the LARP oh, is its entirely different demonic cousin. Last year, I got so many steps in. I was running from scene to scene. Um, I, as a storyteller, could only arbitrate the things that needed to be arbitrated, but not stay around long enough to see the resolution of the scene. It became so necessary for me to have those storytelling meetings after each session so that I could sit down with my, my STs and say, hey, does anybody know what actually happened tonight? Because I don't know. Where are we in the plot, guys? Do, do we know? Oh, goodness. Um... It is such a uniquely different experience from being a in a regular DM seat to be running around in a LARP and to have a thorough lack of complete understanding because there are so many concurrent scenes happening that you couldn't possibly follow them all, not realistically. Um, and it's a strange feeling for me who's done, you know, DMing for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Um... Well, and I think part of that comes from it is a completely different type of DMing. Like, yes. regardless of the scale and how many people you're dealing with, mm -hmm. regardless of, like, the format changing, you're dealing with something that, at its core, is not about sitting around the table with five or six friends rolling dice and talking about what you're doing. You are guiding people through live-action role-playing. Live-action role-playing. It's just kind of one of those things that's it's very difficult to have a solid understanding of what that even looks like if you've never done it before. That's true. And for me, having done very minimal LARP in the past... And I know we've talked about this a little bit, so uh, feel free to skip forward in the next two minutes if you have listened to our past episodes about LARP. But for those of us who have not, Colin, yes. what do the mechanics of a LARP actually look like? See, that's an interesting question because it kind of depends from LARP to LARP. We have... Uh, a series of different rules that arbitrate conflict. Essentially, when you get right down to it, LARP is sort of like a very deeply invested character game around the table, only you don't sit around a table, you stand up and walk around a space and talk to each other, and the DM is not over your shoulder the entire time, like, waiting to roll for an encounter. Sometimes they'll just leap out of nowhere and say, Boo! There's an encounter! But, like, usually they're so busy, you, you barely see them. Um, until you absolutely need their help, in which case you, you flag them down. If we're talking about Mind's Eye Theater Revised, which is the system that I use for Mylarp, um, mm -hmm. it is a system of escalating games of rock, paper, scissors. 
um, that arbitrates conflict and success. It's very simple. It seems to work. It has its advantages and it has its downsides. And we as a storyteller team have discovered as time has gone on that kind of rule of cool and narrative flow is better to use than sometimes all the necessities of, uh, of, uh, of, of like throwing it out. Because combat can slow down to a crawl when you are playing too many games of rock, paper, scissors. So when it's usually against NPCs and story elements and stuff, sometimes we just hand wave some roles outside of necessarily happening, just being like, you know what, you, you got past this this challenge, you, you do the thing that you wanted to do. Because it's important to keep the action moving and to keep people invested and in character. Now, Certainly. yeah, there are other LARPs that involve beating each other senseless with foam weapons. Um, and other LARPs that don't involve that, that are other social games that have different rules. And there are some LARPs that are so rules light that they don't have any mechanics at all. Just talking and being in character. So it depends on your flavor, your world, and how conflict is arbitrated within that space. Obviously, it's difficult to like stoop down and roll dice wherever people are, so usually there's some other means of making sh of, of trying to figure out whether this hit or this didn't or this ability worked or this ability failed. Mm -hmm. Now, I know with a lot of that, especially if you are arbitrating the game or you're running it or you're writing it or what have you, there are very particular new stresses that come along with that. Things yeah. like, hey... These two players have gotten into an actual argument oh, and things boy. are getting a little too real because they don't actually know each other and don't really have a good way to resolve it outside of the game. So what are we going to do about that? <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of always a case-by-case -case basis. Um, you have to remember that as the facilitators of the event, we can try to come in and you know make people go away, but if they refuse to, we have to go and get con security to make them be removed themselves. Essentially, there was like, you know, luckily in my time during the game, we haven't had too many severe issues. We had one problem player that was causing some stuff, but we would always take the player aside and talk to him. And he'd always like curtail his behavior just enough to no longer be completely a problem. Um, and then between last game and this game, the character had like a or the player had like a meltdown and got kicked out of the game so we don't have to worry about it anymore but everybody else has been fairly fairly open you keep in mind yeah. in some of these cases throwing chops is what you call it for the rock papers just throwing chops is uh absolutely um your choice it's not necessary sometimes you might just be with another character and you're like hey you want to discuss how this scene would go and instead of throwing chops, you can describe to each other how you think the scene should should actually play out um, and just kind of collaborate. And that's those are the scenes that I really, really am interested in. Um, the scenes in which the players are like, all right, this is what I want out of the scene. And the other guy's like, this is what I want out of the scene. How can we both get a little bit of what we want and still make it a narratively interesting scene? I like that because I like... <clears throat> Goodness, this cough is still not gone. I like players taking care of their own idea of the narrative because generally speaking, if you are a person who enjoys role-playing, you are a person who enjoys stories. 
and sometimes we like them for different reasons. Some people always want to be the hero, but most of the time, people will understand that if there is conflict between characters, the best way to resolve it is not necessarily a direct compromise of like, hey, I want this and you want this, so let's all go skipping down the road and holding hands, because conflict begs conflict. Mm -hmm. But something that we do get to see in moments with very good players and players who actually care about the narrative is people sacrificing moments or sacrificing things that their character cares about in order to get the best satisfaction out of the narrative at that time. And this is something that happens in LARPs, and it's something that happens in tabletop games in fairly equal measure, I would imagine. At least it does with my group. And I think that that, getting back to the topic at hand a little bit, that's a pretty interesting way to deal with the stress issue. Mm. Because a lot of stress can come from this idea of interplayer conflict. Sure. And, like, as long as your players, or you and the other player involved, are willing to handle it on your own in a way that satisfies the narrative, namely in a way where neither person involved is actually attacked out of character, then things work out much better. And let's be clear about something as well. It's always a good idea if it seems like things are getting heated out of character to take a break from the scene. To like step aside and say, hey, man, you know, this is, this is just a game. I'm not, like, I don't have anything against you. This is sort of just like what my character is sort of into is if you're upset, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. To just Never make sure, be yeah. Afraid to step away. Yeah, exactly. It. The idea is that we're all trying to create a collaborative experience of like this grand tapestry of stories and interconnections. Like we are all undertaking this huge and interesting task of telling a story between multiple people that's supposed to line up somehow. And it's going to be messy, and there's going to be contradictions, and we're going to try to muddle our way through anyways and make it something that we can look back on and say, man, wasn't that cool when that happened. Yeah, I think that's generally the best goal to have in role-playing. Like, you want to sit down and have some fun with your friends, and at the end of the day, walk away thinking, yeah, we did a pretty cool thing right there. So in my experience, some of the best ways to plan a LARP is to have structure around the kind of events that you think are going to occur, but not to get as granular as to decide how those events are supposed to kind of play out. That's where the improvisation comes in, because you can never be prepared for what the players are going to do. And when you multiply that by 60, the chaos is real. Oh, of course. How could it not be? Yeah, absolutely. So stepping away from the stresses of running a like a large organization game for a moment jess yo when was the last time that you were stressed about a game that you needed to run for players uh literally every time i've ever run a game for players <laughs> it is one of the most fun things that i know how to do it's incredibly enjoyable and very rewarding to sit down and say, hey, 
here's my game, enjoy it. But at every single moment in that process, you are never really more than like one weird step away from something going horribly wrong. Yeah. And now most of the time, something going horribly wrong doesn't actually hurt anyone or anything. And all you do is slightly adjust and the story goes on. But on occasion, you can find yourself in situations where, uh-oh, I have introduced an element to this story that is making one of my players incredibly uncomfortable. And now I have that to deal with. And we've talked a little bit in another episode, actually we've talked kind of extensively in other episodes, about dealing with moments like that and mm. subject matter that can get a little too heavy and that sort of stuff. So that's Absolutely. not really where I want to take this right, right, of now. Right, but this idea of the stress that can come from having moments like that and how to deal with that, how to mitigate those feelings. Right, right. We're, we're, we're stepping away from the idea of the content that necessarily stresses people out, but more of how do we deal with stress when it has presented itself? And how do you, as a DM, prepare for the stress of running your own game or introducing a new player because these are all things that we come in, we come across from time to time and even as a seasoned dm i still sometimes get a little stage frighty i sometimes get like especially if if the game hasn't been going well i i sometimes still get really nervous right before a game starts where i'm like i, I if this goes badly we we might not be able to continue this game. and Oh, yeah. Can I tell yeah. you what I have found is a really bad way to deal with the stress? <laughs> Absolutely. Alcohol. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily stop the stress at all. It just kind of like puts it on standby mode. Exactly. And that goes for drinking in and out of gameplay sessions. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think there are very many groups who are of legal drinking age, no matter where you are, who do not enjoy kicking back with an adult beverage or two during the course of a game. Because, sure. you know, that's kind of the function of alcohol. It helps loosen you up drops the inhibitions a little bit, which makes pretending to be someone else and maybe talking in a silly accent about how you're going to cleft the dragon in twain a little bit easier. Which silly accent did you imagine when you said that? Cleft the dragon in twain. What? I want... I, I specifically want that to be a character that I hear more often. I will work on that. Perfect. I, I just want to make sure that yes. you know that this person of incredibly ambiguous accent is now very interesting to me. I must know where they're from. I must know what their life is like. Uh, well, I can tell you right now, their name is Samuel. <laughs> and <laughs> the only word that they really know how to use properly is uh twain <laughs> so so they say they say twain a lot 
Um, and I guess I really shouldn't have said know how to use properly. I should have said the word that they rely on as a crutch <laughs> is Twain. Uh, but the exploits and adventures of Samuel aside, <laughs> what was I even talking about before? You were talking about oh, stress. You were talking about bad ways yeah. to cope with stress. Yeah. So I, I'm in a gaming group. We meet on Mondays, and one of the things that we really enjoy is as the night progresses, we all just get a little closer to drunk. Very rarely do we ever actually get, like, deeply intoxicated, but there are moments where everybody has had a few and things start to get a little bit sillier. Yep. Things getting sillier is fun. It is a nice way to round out the night because nobody's really going to care too much about the last thing that happened in the session when everybody's cracking jokes about how good the Minotaur's butt looks in those jean shorts. <laughs> but where that can get a little bit tricky is in these moments that are more stressful for one reason or another. Because, as I'm sure most people listening to this are at least tangentially aware, alcohol doesn't change your emotions. It simply heightens them. Yeah. So, if you're in one of these situations where things get a little bit rough, and you think, oh, hey, I'm having a real bad time right now. Being drunk is going to make that time more bad. So, I would say... Just in terms of, like, mitigating that ahead of time, be sure to drink responsibly. Yes, and for a DM, if you do have a number of party drinkers at your table, which is perfectly fine, get the more dramatic scenes, for the most part, done earlier on rather than later on. Yeah, you want to make sure that all of that stuff is taken care of, like, before three quarters of the way through the night. Especially if you can figure out the timing of your drinkers. That's, I mean, that's something that'll take a few sessions to figure out, but it is its own thing. So, you deal with stress for every single gaming session that you run, right? I do. So, I do. But you still do it. It's still a thing that you want to complete, and the amount of stress does not overshadow the amount of fun that happens thereafter. So I guess the, the question is, how much stress is too much stress? How often have you encountered a circumstance where the, the cost of doing business or the cost of playing uh, has been too high to have your return on investment and enjoyment? Not terribly often, mm -hmm. thankfully. Uh, the only time that I can actually remember when running a game got more stressful than, than it was worth uh, was back when I ran my streamed World of Darkness game. Mm -hmm. uh, and that became more and more stressful for various reasons. And also at the time, I was not dealing with personal stress well in any regard. Sure. So that was definitely adding to the complications. Plus, there's so but, much to consider with your, um, with, with running a game online, especially in those rooms and yes. things. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it that sometimes, you know, I think people that are new to online gaming kind of miss. 
the logistics of it got very tricky, especially with how much I was putting into each session. Um, mostly because part of my guarantee for this world that we were playing in was it was going to feel like a truly fleshed out modern city based in New York, uh, which was a lot to deal with. Ambitious. But one of the other, yeah, ambitious is a good word for it. Um, one of the other things that I had to deal with was losing one of my players and then feeling another one starting to slip away and losing the confidence that I was running the game well because of that. That isn't... Because generally... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's like what you were saying with the LARP. A big part of why we put up with the stress and why we run games is for that satisfaction of like, I ran a good narrative, I gave my players a good time, everybody came out of this having fun. Right. I think you've... And if you... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I was saying that I think you touched on a on a part of this that I'd like to get into after you finish your train of thought, um, which is losing players, the stress of someone stepping away from your gaming table and, and kind of what that does and what that feels like. But uh, we can jump well, into that. Well, I mean, that. like, that is another major stressor is not just losing people, but adding people as well. And that's something that we'll talk about very shortly. Uh, because really the last thing that I was going to say about that was, like, losing that confidence boost of I'm doing well and everybody likes the game pretty much made it apparent that like this isn't going to get better yeah or even if it does this isn't going to get better enough to make me feel good enough about as much work as I'm putting in mm -hmm. and that feeling sucks yeah oh my gosh absolutely I've I've had to deal with that too I mean Ryan, one of my, you know, one of our long-term players has a binder full of characters of games that just died along the wayside that we just didn't manage to complete that fell apart from one reason or another. And every time that a game died, it, it always feels like a personal sort of loss. Like, what, what could I have done to save it from happening? How could I have kept my players invested? I've run into problems where... And... and with a gaming group, you start to kind of understand the personalities of your players where I noted that a player had a bad time and I was like, okay, now I know what's going to happen. They're going to finish this session in a huff and leave in a huff. And um, in the next two days, I'm going to get a text from them that says, I'm thinking about dropping the game entirely. I'm going to have to unconvince them from doing it. And like the harrowing, stressful feeling of waiting for them to say, this is no longer worth my time because I had a bad session was... Uh, like legitimately causing me to feel like I had heart palpitations. Like I was really stressed out all the time. So I would always trigger it like immediately the next day. I'd mm. be like, hey, I know you're going to do this anyway. So let's just talk about it. And he'd be like, yeah, you're right. I am been thinking about it because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that it's out in the open that I knew was going to happen anyways. So we should have a conversation about it. Um, now, if you have a stressful player like that who you know is going to bring in issues at what point do you just say like the game is worth keeping but the player is not i don't know if that is a clear if that's a if that's a kind of a clear measurement 
um, it it changes for everybody. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a really forgiving person and I, I tend to want my players to really enjoy themselves. So like I'm willing to go kind of the like the above and beyond extra amount of stress, get stuff done too late at night in order to make sure that they're having a good time where it's like almost I put too much work into this. So I don't know. There is a limit, of course. I just don't know where it is. Mm. Now, here is a... Uh... It's a different question that is not related exactly to what I just asked you, but it is related to something that you just said. You put in a lot of work and a lot of late hours to make sure your game goes the way you want it to go, and it goes as well as it can for everyone involved. Yeah. Do you, Colin, Yes. ever ask for help? when you are planning your games. Not something as big as the LARP, because obviously that is an undertaking that one person cannot do unless they are just doing that. Yeah. But, like, for your home games, for the things you run with your friends, do you ever ask for help in the planning or in the running of that? Not as much for the running, um, but sometimes for the planning... Uh, sometimes I bounce ideas off of off of players just to kind of like, hey, I was thinking about taking the plot in this kind of direction. How do you feel about it? We might be uh, coming up on your character's kind of backstory soon. Do you feel you're prepared for it? I don't go as so far as to completely pull back the curtain and say, hey, look at this. Does this suck or not suck? Um, but I kind of do have a a sort of a wrap-up introspection after a session that I feel like has gone weird, where sometimes when everyone gathers around, I'll be like, hey, before we begin, let's let's have a conversation about this game. Where's it going? How's it feeling? How's everyone feeling about it? Do we feel like this is uh, a good use of our time? Do we feel like this is going well? Because I think I suffer from something a lot of DMs suffer from, which is the inability to see the game from the perspective of the players. So the mm. players believe that they are, uh, so the players feel like they're having a really good time, but you as a DM are like, none of the plot things are happening that I had planned out. This is such a boring session. Everybody is just doing shopping and, and, and stuff like that and just like talking on random things. Everybody's got to be so bored right now. I suck as a DM. And then afterwards, like, no, this was a really good session. We really like the in character. And you're like, I have no perspective. <laughs> Well, I think a big part of that comes down to, like, I know I, as a player, really love the moments where I can actually just explore who I am and the world that I'm in and all of the goofy, weird shit that we love to get into. Because, like, when it comes down to it, stuff like shopping and talking with your friends is stuff that normal people do to occupy time in the real world. So why wouldn't our fantasy people enjoy it too? And I think it focuses on a good point as well, kind of in a macro sense, where I know it sounds a little pandery, but every now and then, ask your players how you're doing. Make sure that they can kind of give you their feedback on on where you are and what's going on. It's the only way that it's going to go. And for players unsolicited, let your DM know if they're doing a good job. If you particularly enjoyed a session or really liked a moment, unprovoked, 
tell them that. It's it's a huge confidence booster for people that, you know, for the DMs who put a lot of work uh, into planning out the sessions before it goes down and, and all of that work that is pretty much, you know, it's usually unpaid and a lot of it you don't even really realize or know about. It, it means the world to have a player simply like afterwards say, hey man, that was a really good session. I really loved what you did with that NPC. Were we going to see more of that NPC? Because like that will make a DM's day. They'll be like, oh my god, you, you noticed? Oh, thank god. I'm so glad that you noticed that. I didn't think anybody really thought about it. That's Yeah, of course we can have that NPC show up again. I'm really excited about it. Remember that this yep. game is about investment, and you as players are receiving the investment of actually enjoying the game as it's happening. The DM sometimes doesn't know the value of what they have invested inside until you tell them what that value is, because it's uh, it is a matter of perspective. The DM can't see I, that perspective. I, I just want to wholeheartedly second that whole idea of, like, if you're having a good time, let your DM know. Also add, if you are not having a good time, like, send your GM a message outside of a game session. Just be like, hey, so this thing doesn't feel super great. Can we work on that? Like, honestly, you never, as a player, want to add to your GM stress, but you definitely want to make sure that the game is going well for all parties involved, mm -hmm. which means a little bit of constructive criticism is never a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Now, Colin, we're coming up on the end of our time here. Yes. And there's one thing in this conversation about stress that we haven't really talked too much about. Mm, bring bring us home, buddy. How do you relieve your stress? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> uh, that's okay. a good question. Give me two answers then. Give me how you do and give me how you think you should. I relieve stress um, through copious amounts of distraction uh whether that be through uh other role playing and writing or like watching shows and things and avoiding the stress entirely and how i should manage stress is honestly open and honest communication it's the only way that it's going to get resolved mm. hey guys i'm super stressed about this about this game I, I really feel like i i'm not running this game very well could you guys let me know if i'm right about that or if i'm not can you tell me what I'm doing well so that I can convince myself finally that I am doing an all right job and we can just continue on? I will say on that note, as much as we herald the virtues of open and honest communication from the stars here on Dodecahedron, the one thing that you want to make sure is that this communication is open and honest with the correct parties. Yes. Because I know... In my history of groups and gaming and just kind of friends in general, I have had moments where people have come to me and I have had slightly rarer moments, but definitely still there, where I have gone to other people and vented. Oh, And if you yeah. couldn't hear my air quotey marks that I was making... I can hear them. I was making big ol' air quotey marks. Oh, I definitely... I So... Real quick, I don't 
I, I don't want to encourage people to necessarily gossip, but sometimes venting is very healthy. You get it out. You get it out of your system. Yes. You get the poison vented out. And I have always kind of told my players and just generally my friends as well, I don't care if you vent about me. I just never want to hear it. Don't let me hear what you're venting about because then it's a problem. <laughs> if I hear it, now we have an issue. But if you vent it somewhere else and I never come to understand it and you got it out of your system, then we're all good. We're all good. I won't obsess about it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to go. I'm just going to add a caveat like I do. Don't let that venting foment resentment. Yes, very good. Because, like, you can talk all the mess you want. Like, literally talk shit about me if you need to. I get it. We're human. That's what we do. But... Try your best to avoid those situations where it's like, hey, I'm talking to this person and they are being an echo chamber. And now this thing that like five minutes ago was just mildly bothersome is like super digging into my soul. And I hate the person I was talking about because of it. Mm. I like to think we're all mature enough that that's not too much of a risk. But it can be one. But... Exactly. And circling back around, remember that the amount of stress that you feel about a game is probably because you are invested in it. You've put your time in. These are your friends. You want to have a good time. And so some stress is honestly going to happen. Just because you're oh, yeah. feeling stressed about a game does not mean that it is a bad thing. It means that you are invested in it, that you want to see it succeed. And making sure that other people know that and that we work towards that goal is what gaming is all about around the table, in my opinion. Collaborating and sharing the load. It's all about. <laughs> and speaking of what else it's all about, what is our social media about? Oh, man, I had such a good segue planned, and then you just did that. Oh, well. Okay, <laughs> so you can find us on the Twitters. That's probably where I spend the most time on the dodecahedron handle. The Twitters. I don't know about you, Colin, but... You can find us at Podcast Dodeca. We are also on Instagram and Tumblr and Facebook at Dodeca Podcast. And so remember, <laughs> Twitter is backwards. The rest are normal. Dodeca Podcast. Yeah, same thing for Facebook as well. And I believe Dodeca Podcast at Gmail. We have a Gmail, right? Yes. So if you want to send us a letter something to talk about, something you want us to read on the air, or, something that you think we should know. Or quiet affirmations that we're doing a very good job. Yeah, we love those. We really do. Uh, <laughs> you can send those our way either on Twitter at PodcastDodeca or our email, dodecapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, from all of us here at Dodecahedron... Thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you on our next adventure.